Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. Hey, good morning, good morning. Hey, if I have not had the chance to meet you yet, uh, my name is Samuel, and it is Beck and I's just absolute honor to get to serve you guys here at Life West. As you came in, you probably saw there's a bunch of donuts out here, and uh, if you stop by the table, you realize that they're super crazy expensive donuts. Okay, I'm not sure exactly why, uh, but they're amazing. And the reason why they're so amazing is what those donuts are doing is we have a group that is going to be going on a missions trip to Uganda this spring. And so several of them are raising money by selling donuts. So even if you don't like donuts, uh, you, can, you can just drop off. If you're just like, hey, I want to help uh, the missions, you can, pay, you can overpay for donuts. That's just fine. Um, that's, that's just fine. You can pay for a donut that you do not want. You can buy a donut for somebody else. Just please, no more donuts for my kids because they've had enough. Um, but your kids really could use some. That would that'd just be great. Uh, but that's what that is out there if you want to be a part of that. All right. Well, I have, I have a question for you. I, I kind of wonder um, if anybody here has ever woken up in the middle of the night, just their mind racing. Like, like you just wake up in your mind, you wish you were asleep, but your mind's like, it's time to be up, and you should be thinking about, it's just flying. Um, I wonder if anybody has ever thought about, like, there's, there's war going on right now, um, not, not necessarily here, and and they've got nukes. Like, that's, that's, that's just a fact. Um, I wonder if you've ever worried about inflation. Like, like, or if anybody's ever thought, like, how secure is my job? I wonder if you've ever thought, like, how are we going to pay this next bill or when this comes next month? I, I wonder if you've ever thought about solar flares and, like, what would happen if one really did hit? Like, am I the only one? Yeah. Becca says, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm the only one. I just want to know, honestly. I just, I, but here, here's the thing. Um, I want to talk this morning about worry, um, about fear. Because here's the deal. I think most of us, we've, we've at one time or another woken up and just thought like, it's, it's something bad about to happen. N- new parents, you, you bring that you get that baby, and those first couple nights, you're like, is it, is it sleeping or is it dead? You walk up to it, and you're like, it's so quiet. I don't, I don't know what's going on. And there's, there's a lot of things to be legitimately worried about. Um, our, our youngest, his name is Bo, and, and, when, and when he was really little, he, he learned to walk, and then what he liked to do was sneak out of the house. Okay, not as a teenager, but he just liked to sneak out of the house. Um, example of that would be one time we had, we had a babysitter, and she was a good babysitter, um, but there was five kids, and, and uh, Bo, how old was he? He was three years old, and he snuck out of the house, and we lived on a fairly busy street, and he made it to the street at three years old, and then walked into the street, and a neighbor across the street saw a car stop the woman, get the driver get out of the car and pick up my son from in front of her vehicle, and the neighbor across the street's like, ah, runs out, grabs my son from this stranger who just picked him up because he was in the middle of the street, and then brings him back to the babysitter who had absolutely no idea. 
And you're like, oh my goodness, what's going on? But no lie, this is what he would do, is you would just be talking, and at three years old, he would just kind of walk off, quietly open the door, close it, and then just silently disappear. He, he would just disappear, and you're like, where is he? Um, this is what he would do. So at night, this might sound a little weird to you, but at night, we're like, well, what are we supposed to do with this guy? Because he would sneak out. And, and one of our friends are like, we got these, we got these door locks. And what they do is they're, they're, they're up high and they're higher than the kids can get. So we got a few of these locks and tried to put them on and they didn't work on our doors because the way that our doors opened in the small areas and things. I'm like, this, this doesn't work. So what we ended up doing for Bo when he was little is I took a closet door and I got a, a new handle for it, a locking handle, and I turned it around and we put his, like a little, made a little bed for him on the floor of the closet, put him in there, and we would lock him in the closet at night. Because otherwise he's going to sneak out. And you're like, I, I, I don't want to be, otherwise I'm laying there at night and every noise I hear, I'm like, and, and then the pitter-patter of little feet, sometimes they don't pit or patter, they just, and they're gone. Like they're, they're gone. And I don't want to be the one that's just like, Every single noise, you're like, well, what is it? So we just kind of locked him, we, we locked him in a closet. And, and Beck's like, is, is this okay? Like, like what CPS? Like, like, we're locking our son in the closet. I'm like, yeah, but we're saving his life. Like, he, he, will, he made it to the road once. Like, this is, this is not okay. But here's the thing. There's legitimate things that we could worry about. So when do we, when do we, you ever thought about that? Like, when do we cross the line from like legitimately making plans and seeing something that could happen? And, and when do we cross the line to just flat out, it's worrying? You know, here's what the Bible has to say. In Philippians 4, it says this. Philippians 4, 6, it says, be anxious for nothing. Now that, that word anxious there, that be anxious for, for nothing, in the Greek it's this word, and then I'm going to slaughter because I, I slaughter English words, okay? But in the Greek, it's something along the line of okay, something like that. But here's what it means. It's literally an old verb for the word worry. So you're not changing this verse if you say, it goes from be anxious for nothing. You're not changing the meaning of this verse if you say, worry about nothing. Be anxious or worry about nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. Verse 7, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. There's a lot of legitimate things, especially when you've got kids. It's like, well, where are they and who, who are they with and what friends are they going to make and what are they going to do that we could worry about. Now, planning is a good thing, but let's just take a quick look here at planning and worrying. Now, number one, I want you to realize this about worrying, that the more, here's one of the lies that worry tells us. One of the lies that worry tells us is this, the more I worry about this, the less likely it is to happen. The less likely it is to happen. And that's just, that's just not true. Because worry is an endless string of what-ifs. 
It's like, well, well, what if this happens? And then, and then if that happens, like, well, what if this happens? And what if, I, what if I don't get this sale and then that check doesn't come in and then I don't make this payment and then because I don't make this payment, then this doesn't happen over here and then they cancel this and then I can't do this and then I'm homeless in three weeks. It's an endless chain of what if. But John 16, says this. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. This is Jesus talking. He says this, because in this life you will have trouble. Now let me, some of you are just so excited to hear that verse this morning. You're like, I came to get encouraged. That's not very positive. Okay, well, I'm positive you're going to have trouble in this life. There, there's a positive message. Because, here's what that means. No amount of worrying about something or planning can take away all the trouble in this life. Jesus said, you will have trouble in this life, but take heart, I've overcome the world. He's like, you're gonna have trouble. So here's what you have to know when it comes to, you cannot worry away every detail. You cannot do it. Don't let the what-ifs of tomorrow steal the joy from today. Worry wants to do that. Because here's what worrying does. Worry immobilizes us. Worry makes us, I can't do anything. Whereas planning strategizes. Worry immobilizes, planning strategizes. Worry says, I can't do anything. If I'm worrying and I'm hunting, I'm out stalking a deer, and I, and I let worry come in, it looks different. Worry is, I don't want to take any step because every step I take will make some noise, and if I make some noise, the deer will hear that noise and the deer will be gone, so I can't move at all. Planning is strategizes. So planning is, okay, I want to get that. So what I need to do is I need to be quiet. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to step carefully and slowly, and if there's a twig, I'm going to move my foot. I'm not going to just throw my weight down because I don't want to make a snap. I'm going to feel where I'm going to step. See, there's a difference. One is planning with reason behind it, knowing that I have a goal in mind. The other is freaking out and being like, oh no, oh no, I can't do this, so I'm not going to do anything. That's worry. Proverbs says this in Proverbs 26, 13. This is Jono's favorite verse, one of, my, one of my boys. It says this, the lazy man says there's a lion in the street, a fierce lion in the road. The lazy man just comes up with a reason. Like, there's always an excuse. He's like, I can't even leave my house because there could be a lion outside. Like, they come up with a reason, and you're like, well, there, there, there could. And around here, there probably isn't. I mean, it could have escaped from a zoo. But you can come up with your own reason. He, he comes up with an excuse of why he cannot do this. So there's a difference between worrying and planning. Worrying is that endless, it's just what if, and what if, and what if, and what if roles that we play in our mind, whether it's about our kids, whether it's about our spouses, about our jobs, about our future, what we will and will not be able, we, we just play this reel out, and, and it doesn't get us to do anything. Planning, planning is strategically looking ahead and being like, okay, I can't control everything, but the things that I can, this is what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm going to take some steps. Here's what we're going to do. See, 2 Peter 1.3 says, says, says this. It says that his divine power, this is God, 
that his power has given us everything that we need for a godly life. It's not just like, okay, we go to heaven. Another translation says, his divine power has given us everything that we need for life and godliness. That it's not just, okay, this is a get out of hell free card. He's like, no, I want to empower you to live right now. And that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power of love and a sound mind. That we don't just run out every evil scenario or, or just the opposite, which is just we just close our eyes to everything and act like nothing could ever go wrong. And we just, nope, nope, don't even want to hear it. Nope, that's not what we're talking about. What we do not want is to get that analysis paralysis where we just sit there and we just think about it and 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 think about it because it. it does not work. We want to move forward. So when do we stop planning and we just have to take a step? Like when do we draw, when do, when do we step over that line from like I'm planning to I'm worrying? If you're losing sleep over it, I mean, here's, here's three signs that you've, you've crossed from planning to worrying. Okay, three signs that you've crossed from planning to worrying. Number one, you've crossed that line from planning to worrying when you, you're, what you're thinking about is outside of your control. You're worrying about something you cannot change. You cannot change. When the first atomic bomb was dropped and people were like, oh no, what's this mean? What's going to happen? It's like, hey, you can't change it. If something does go crazy, guess what? May they find me living my life, not digging a hole and hiding. Like, what is it we're going to do? If what you're worrying about, you cannot control. It's outside of your control. You do what you can, but then after that, you're like, okay, God, I give it to you. And we'll talk about how to do that. Worrying. If it's, if it's reoccurring and you've already done everything that you know how to do, but you keep bringing it back up, a lot of this is going to come. Because see, planning is we look ahead, we see something, and then we take action. Worry doesn't take action. Some of that, it's in our control, but if we're not going to take action about it it, it, it turns into simply worry because we're not doing anything with it. Because understand, Matthew 6, 27 this is what worrying, worrying again, tells us the lie that if we worry about it, it'll change. Matthew 6, 27, can any one of you by worrying at a single hour to your life? No. Worry doesn't change anything. We can plan and we should plan. We should be planners. And let me just remind you of this. Um, you don't have to worry. You do not have to worry. Um, I've talked to many people, and they're like, I just come from a worrying family. Like, that's, that's just what we do. Um, no. We already read it. God has given you everything you need for life and godliness. You do not have to worry. It's not this thing that you're like, nope, I can't do it. Because here's the deal. If God tells you to do something, he'll empower you to walk it out. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Now, here's what that does not mean. It doesn't mean that there's a little switch that you flip and you're like, okay, thanks, God, click, and it just instantly goes away. Nine out of ten times, that is not how it works. 
Most of the time, it's we have to renew our mind by reading God's Word, knowing what God's Word has to say about the subject, and focusing on that instead of our problem. Worry, we are not meant to just run through worrying. Planning is a good thing. Proverbs 27, 12. The prudent see danger coming and take cover, but the simple keep going and suffer for it. They just ignore what's coming ahead, and they're like, yeah, whatever, I'm just going to go. No, if you're flying along the highway and you see that orange sign and it says construction ahead, you're like, that means something, something's up. You better slow down. You just keep going. And it says bridge out. You're like, I don't believe it. You're in trouble. You are in trouble. So planning is an okay thing. And I'm not against planning in any way, shape, or form. We look ahead. We plan. There's, there's a day where... Jesus doesn't come back. I'll be old, and, and maybe there'll be one day that I'm not working. So we, we set aside some money because there might be one day that that happens. We, we look ahead, and we're like, okay, so we need to have some retirement. Let's, let's do that. Now, all of that is subject to God, and if God wants it, it's all his. But I'm, I'm, I'm making some plans. We, we, we make some plans, and we've got our saving. This is what we're going to do here. We, we make plans. We want to be ready. The Bible says a fool spends all he gets. So we're going we're gonna to make some plans. We're going to do something with what we're saying. We look ahead. Hey, we see some expenses and kids are getting older. There'll be college. There'll be, we make plans. I'm not going to worry about it, but I'm going to do what I can inside of my control. But we are not meant to walk around and lo- be losing sleep over worry. We're not meant to do it. None of us, none of us can add a single day to our life by worry. In fact, what they tell us is, is they're like, hey, worrying takes life. It doesn't, it doesn't add it, it takes it. But honestly, worry can be an indicator of where we trust God the least. It's really one of those like, I worry about this because I don't trust God for it. I worry about the kids. I worry about finances. I worry about my marriage. I worry about because I trust God in that area the least. John 14, 27 says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. And not as the world gives do I. So let not your hearts be troubled nor afraid. We're not meant to live in a state of fear. That's not what we're supposed to be. The world makes so many decisions and teaches us to make decisions based on fear. They're like, this, this, it is a go-to moment for sales. It's fear. But God says, no, this isn't what we do. God says, I leave my peace with you. And not the peace that the world has. The world's peace is contingent on what is happening. That's where its peace is. God's peace, that's not where it is. He says, when God's your source, it doesn't matter what's happening around you. That can be unsettling to so many, but we're like, no, I don't have to be. I don't need to be. Many years ago, Avery, when, when she was really little, uh, she, I've told the story before, but she, she drank some uh, rust stain remover. And it's, it, it's nasty stuff, and we, we took her to the hospital, and they're like, oh my goodness, this is awful, and, and we got to do this, this, and this, and she needs an ambulance, and they're just kind of going off in this, this whole big scenario. 
But what they didn't know is earlier that day, God had really laid on my heart to pray. I didn't know what it was, so I'd, I'd, been, I'd been, been praying for everything I knew and spent some time praying in tongues. And I just really feel like whatever it was that God had spoke to me, like whatever, whatever reason I needed to be praying, I knew it was taken care of. So when Becca calls me and says, I'm at the hospital with Avery, the circumstances, the pond of our life, the circumstances were a little wavy. And when you get there and the doctor's like, we got to rush her over here and she needs this and she could have a heart attack because it does this and it attacks this part of the body. So the waves around were like, okay, what's, what's about to happen here? But I told, I, I went over to Beck and I'm like, hey, um, I think this is what I was praying about earlier. And I'm like, I know she's going to be okay. And we had peace in a situation where we shouldn't have had peace. I'm like, when it happened, God spoke to my heart. It was like, this is what you prayed about. It's already handled. She's going to be fine. So we ended up doing a bunch of stuff and, and, and going to the hospital. And they're like, she's, we want her to stay. And we're like, she's okay. So we, we took her home. We said, you know, if, if, if there's anything bad that we, we noticed, and they said, check for this. These are some signs. Um, bring her right back. And we're like, we, we definitely will. So we went home, and the next morning, uh, I don't know if you know this, but poison control sometimes will call you. So they called us. And I'm like, hello? And they're like, yeah, this is so-and-so from poison control. How's Avery doing? And I'm like, I didn't know. I, I thought I was supposed to. Anyways, and then Avery was right there, and I'm like, she's fine. And the, the woman says, what? I go, she's fine. And the woman says, well, uh, what does her tongue look like? And I said, Avery, you stick out your tongue, and I sat her up on the counter, and she sticks out her tongue. I'm like, it looks like pink. It's, it's, it's a tongue. And, and the woman on the other end goes, oh, she didn't drink anything. That's great. Have a wonderful day. Goodbye. And hangs up. I know she drank some. She was spitting it out and talking about what it tastes like. But we had peace in a situation when it shouldn't have been. When God says, the peace I give you is not the world's peace, that's the peace that he's talking about. It's the job is lost and all this stuff is going on and there's, the world is turmoil all around you, but you're like, God, I've got peace because I know you're with me. Because you make a way where there is no way that you are a miracle-working God, that you can change things. God, you are my source. Nothing else, it's you that is my source. So that's why it says in Philippians, be anxious or worry for nothing. It doesn't say worry about the big things. It says worry about nothing. Worry about nothing. 1 Peter 5, 7. I'm going to close with this. I'm not actually closing, but I just say that so you'll pay attention. Um, I'm gonna, it says this, 1 Peter 5, 7. It says, give all your worries and cares to God. Um, I like that idea, but anybody ever struggle with it? You're like, okay, I gave them to him, and apparently he's giving them back. I don't know what's going on. Like, I'd, I'd love to just give them to him. That would be wonderful. I don't want them. So let me give you some ways that we cast our cares and we give our worries to God. Um, but before I do, I have a very good um, imagination. I have a very good imagination. Um, 
But years ago, it, it, it would just kind of go places I did not want it to go. Uh, one time I was uh, doing, doing a, a carpet job, a carpet repair for somebody, and they had melted uh, some carpet right in the middle of their living room. And they're like, can you come and fix it? And I get there's this long shag carpet, like the longest shag I've ever seen. And I'm like, there's no way I can patch this uh, without, without the exact same carpet. Like, do you have another spot in the house where I could take some carpet, like maybe a closet, and I, I, I'll patch that for you? And they're like, um, no, there's no closets, but could you take it from underneath? And there was a, a fireplace, a gas fireplace over in the corner of the house. Like, could you cut a piece out from underneath that to patch this hole? And I'm like, yeah, sure, absolutely. So I, I go over there, and I put a brand new razor blade in my knife. Uh, when you do carpet, to seam it well, I'll go through like 20, 30 razor blades on a job. You're like, you, you, you just always have a new razor blade. You're like, you, just brand new. So I put a brand new razor blade on this thing, and I'm reaching under because there's only a, a small space underneath this wood stove. So I'm reaching underneath this wood stove, and, and I'm cutting out a piece of carpet. And as I do it, I feel the brand new razor blade cut through my finger. And, and, and I feel... Like, I feel the metal part, like, go into my finger and just a little bit, and then I feel like it kind of, like, goes fast, and then it slows down, like it's, it's hitting something hard. And then I feel my hand starting to get wet, and I'm like, I can't be getting blood on things. So I'm, like, reaching my hand underneath there, and I'm, and I'm trying to stop my finger from bleeding as I pull it out, and I don't want to drip on any of the, of the carpet because I'm going to ruin it, and I pull my hand out, and I look, and I'm like, oh, I didn't cut myself. That was my imagination. Like, incredible. Like, I knew that I'd cut myself. Um, I remember another time I was driving down the road, and as I'm driving, I saw a cement truck next to a car. And suddenly I see and I hear it. I hear the cement truck. For no reason whatsoever, the entire cement truck tips over and crushes this car. And I double take. And of course, the cement truck did not tip over. Um, but my imagination wanted to run and go to places it should not go. And I'm like, this is not of God. See, Philippians 4.8 says this. It tells us what it is that we should be thinking about. Philippians 4.8 tells us, it says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on these things. And I was like, my mind does not get to go wherever it wants to go. Those are the nice friendly examples of what my imagination would run to. And I'm like, it's not going to do it. And I'm like, God, help me. Your word says, cast your cares on you. God, I need this. This has got to get under control. This is wild. But if this is what your word says, if this is what your word says that I'm to think on, then I will choose to think on that. So let me give you some ways that we do this. And I have been there. Number one is Ephesians 4 said it, to be anxious about nothing, but in everything, with thanksgiving, present your request. Pray to God. Number one place we go, you want to know how to give those fears, that worry, that anxiety, that whatever that is to God, is you start by prayer. And every time it comes up, 
My imagination would start to run into this horrible thing that was going on. I was like, no. I will think about things that are pure and uplifting and right. And God, I thank you that you are strengthening me. So number one, we pray. We pray. And we use God's word when we pray. No, that's not going to happen to me. God's angels, they protect me. We pray, number one. Number two is you watch what it is that you're saying. And just because a thought comes into your mind does not mean you need to open your mouth and say it. Here's what it says in Proverbs 21, 23. He who guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from distress. What are some of the things that you're saying? Every thought you have does not deserve to come out of your mouth. And so we need to be careful. David said this in Psalms 141. In verse 3, he says, Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. And we pray. We give it to God. We're careful about what it is that we say. We don't just blurt out every single thing. Instead of, praying, instead of saying, well, I, I just feel like I'm going to die young. Say, no, God, your word says with long life you will satisfy me. Well, my grandpa died young and my dad died young and his brother died young. No. God, your word says with long life you will satisfy me and I am not satisfied. Don't just say everything that comes to your mind. Instead of saying, well, we're not going to have enough, say, God, I thank you that you provide, that you are my provider and you are my source. It doesn't mean we ignore facts. We can plan. We absolutely, the fool sees trouble coming and does nothing. But when it moves from a place of taking action to a place of just paralyzation of not doing anything and our minds just start to run through what if, we go to God's word. We don't just simply say what it is. We say, God, I'm whatever it is. We find the scripture that stands, the, the promise we have in God's word, and we're like, no. I thank you that my kids will follow you because your word says, God, that those who are taught by the Lord... And God, they're going to be taught by you. I know I've made mistakes and my parenting isn't good, but your word says that when they're old, they will not depart from it. So I claim them for you in Jesus' name. I'm not going to live out that fear. I'm going to do what I can, but we pray. We're careful what it is that we say. We honor God with our words. And then number three, you want to stop that worry? Is stop feeding your worry. I don't know what it is you might be watching, and I don't know if you know this, but you get on the internet and you search something, that follows you. So you search some rare disease and guess what you're going to find the next day. I don't know if you've ever had this, but you ever just like say something and then it shows up on your feed, it shows up on your screen, you're like, they're listening. How did they get that? So those of you with Alexa in your house, they are listening, but anyways. But you get on that internet and you start looking for this. Guess what happens? They feed what you're looking for. 
And it can be nice when you're shopping for something and you want a new bag and they're like, hey, these are a bunch of great bags. But let me say what also happens is you start looking and you, you research some of the fears, some of the things that you're worrying about, and all of a sudden every news story that pops up on your feed is about the very thing that you're battling. And you're like, this just must be way more popular. Well, this is more prevalent than I thought. Oh my goodness, it's taking over. And the truth is, no, it's not. It's a little demonic algorithm <laughs> that's running around, pulling in every story it can find from all over the world and throwing it right in front of your eyes. Be careful. Don't feed your fear. Instead, you focus on what God's Word has to say about the subject, whether it's your kids, whether it's your future, what it is that you're doing. Know who you are in Christ and walk in the fullness of life that He has for you. Matthew 6, 31. So don't worry about these things, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father knows that you need them. So seek first the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything that you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries, and today Today's trouble is enough for today. You have a heavenly father who wants to take care of you. Don't make, make him your source. You know, one of the joys of being a parent is watching my kids just run around with not a care in the world. Bo's seven years old and he just, man, he doesn't have to think about anything. He doesn't worry about where meal's coming from. He just puts on a helmet and some goggles, grabs a stick, and just runs off. He's just playing around, having fun, and knows that at some point we're going to call dinner. And then he comes in, where's my food? Because he's secure in the fact that his mom and dad love him. And we'll do everything we can to watch over him, protect him, sometimes lock him in a closet. He doesn't run off like that anymore, thank goodness. But when it says here, don't worry, because your heavenly Father already knows what you need. You have a heavenly Father who's watching out for you. So cast your cares on Him. You're going to do it in prayer. You're going to submit to what God's Word has to say through wisdom about the situation. You're going to put a guard over your mouth that you're careful what it is that you say. You're going to stop feeding that fear and you're going to feed and you're going to build your faith based on what God's word has to say about the situation. And when those thoughts come in, whether it's the middle of the night, and you're like, no, you're going to shut them down. And instead, you're going to say, God, if I'm awake, I'm going to read some of your word and I'm going to feed on this instead. Don't let fear dominate your life. Because the peace that God gives is a peace that passes all understanding. So seek after him. All right, I really am closing. So bow your heads and close your eyes if you would. You know, if you're here today and fear or worry is something that you need to put an end to, that you're like, that you, you know that, that you wake up, you have it in the night, it's, it's irrational, you know, it's paralyzing, it's just that thought is dominating and you know it's not rational, but it hasn't gone away. 
I'd love the honor of praying for you. If that's you, would you lift your hand right now and say, that's me. I've got some worry. I've got some fear that needs to go and it needs to be gone from my life. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, hands down. God, as those just lifted their hands to you as a sign of surrender and an ask for help, your word says if we seek, we find. If we ask, we're given. God, they've asked for your help. God, we've gone to your word and we see what it says about worry, about fear, about casting our cares on you. So right now we do. We cast our cares and worries on you. We thank you that you are more than enough. That when we don't see a way, you can still make a way. That no matter where we are, you work all things for the good of those that love and serve you. Right where we are, we turn to you with all of our heart, soul, and mind. We surrender our circumstances, our worries and fears to you. If you're here this morning, you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I'd love the honor of praying with you this morning. And it starts with a relationship with him. You have a heavenly father who loves you, He's waiting for you with wide open arms and he wants you to run to him. And here's how we do it. By making him Lord of our life. Saying, God, I want you. Forgive me, make me new. And he'll do it. If that's you, today is your day and I'd love the honor of praying with you. If that's you at the count of three, I want you to lift your hand and then right in your seat, we're gonna pray together. One, two, three. Shoot it up high. Say, that's me. And today is my day. Okay, hands down. Let's just pray everybody out loud with those that lifted their hands in this room, online, wherever you are. Let's just pray this out loud. Say, oh God, forgive me and make me new. I believe that you died on the cross. And from now on, I'm yours. Make me new. With all that I am, I'll serve you. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church.